Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of the Michael Graham show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Good morning, it's 904 News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, thrilled, delighted, honored, and somewhat stunned that you have yet again allowed me into your home, your car, your computer, you're listening on iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. That's what it is, conversation 844 844- 404-1067, or follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. The hashtag has already started, Victor Hill Pickup Lines. Uh, and so feel free to jump in. Uh, and uh, several people, right off the bat, is that your gun or are you just glad to see me? Actually, that's uh, he, people think Mae West said that. That's It's an interesting story about that, and you'll get the interesting story uh, uh, coming up in just a few minutes. How many of you are familiar with the really lousy 1980s Chevy Chase movie, Under the Rainbow? Uh, It's about the filming. uh, It's a comedy with the backdrop of their filming, uh, The Wizard of Oz, and all of the... In the movie, they call them midgets. I don't know. I, I, I get I stumble on this a lot. I've gotten in trouble before. I don't know what you want to be called: midgets, short people, dwarves, fidgets, little people, shrimps. I don't. Just people who are smaller. Which, who cares? You know, it's like same people are bigger. But it's, this is now politically correct. Okay, whatever. I'm supposed to call you people of less than stature. And uh, there's a scene in the movie. It's the only thing I remember from this sad, pathetic movie with Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher. Seuss Thorpe, United States Secret Service. Okay. And I uh, suppose that's your gun, huh? Oh, no, I wear a uh, shoulder holster. <laughs> so maybe that's a Victor Hill pickup line. I don't know. Other people are saying assume the position and watch out for my nightstick. And so... Feel free the hashtag Victor Hill pickup uh, lines on Twitter. And why is that the topic of the conversation? Because Victor Hill is the news. He's the man tasked with enforcing the laws of Clayton County. But is Sheriff Victor Hill acting above the law? Gwinnett County Police say he accidentally shot a woman inside a model home in Lawrenceville. The woman who was shot is Guinevere McCord. Her relationship to Sheriff Hill is unclear. Sheriff Hill has not answered any of their questions. For Gwinnett County Police, they describe him as uncooperative. Sheriff Hill describes a 43-year-old as a person who is dear to him. 
Some have criticized the sheriff for not cooperating with the investigation. How do you accidentally shoot somebody and just, you know, not want to speak or, you know, have any comments about what went on? Hill indicates in his 911 call that he was practicing police tactics when he accidentally shot McCord in the abdomen. Just a short while ago, the sheriff of Clayton County walked in and turned himself in on criminal charges. Tonight, he stepped up and stepped into the Gwinnett County Jail to face those charges head on. He's now facing reckless conduct charges. That's right, misdemeanor reckless conduct. But here is the good news. I want to give credit to the Gwinnett County DA for this. They've already acknowledged, look, this is the first charge as the case develops. We may have more. But this is what has been bothering me about this. If you call 911 on a Sunday night and say, yeah, I'm in this empty model home for no particular reason with an attractive woman who doesn't represent this home. She's a realtor, but this isn't one of her houses, and we're just here. And then my gun went off. I, you would be in jail that night. You would not, There would not be a, well, we'll get back to you a few minutes later. And uh, wildly misinformed people have been pushing this notion, well, you can't arrest a sheriff. You can't arrest the sheriff, the coroner. No, that's, that's only when it involves alleged allegations of abuse of his power, that the sheriff wrongly arrested someone or something like that. If Sheriff Victor Hill robbed a bank in downtown Atlanta, and by the way, knowing Victor Hill's background, I hate to give him the idea, but if Sheriff Victor Hill robbed a bank in back downtown Atlanta, of course you could slap the cuffs on him on the spot. So, you know, Sunday goes by, Monday goes by, Tuesday goes by, Wednesday goes by, finally Wednesday night, what would happen to every citizen in Clayton County at the hands of a law enforcement member like Sheriff Victor Hill finally happened to Victor Hill. And I'd love to get your response at 844-404-1067. Are we going to see justice done here? Is the sheriff going to get treated like a citizen? Or are we going to see yet another case like the Peachtree City police chief who accidentally shot a woman in his bed despite the fact that he has a gun that cannot be fired accidentally you can drop it you can throw it it's got a triple layer trigger system on it and what's he get misdemeanor misdemeanor to put misdemeanor into context at 844-404-1067 there's another story today this one out of Cobb County a Cobb County special ed teacher uh, at Mount Bethel Elementary School Mary Catherine Persley was seen by a co-worker holding a second-grade boy upside down by his legs above the trash can. The witnesses say that Miss Persley, the teacher, then lowered the boy into the trash can up to his shoulders. Uh, she was telling the boy to uh, end his trashy behavior, and she called compared him to Oscar the Grouch. Quote, if... if uh, his trashy behavior like Oscar the Grouch continued, then he could go into the trash can. The boy was crying and yelling and screaming, stop. So you have this teacher holding an autistic kid, one of her students, upside down in a trash can. Someone saw it and she got in trouble. Okay, fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. She got arrested and charged with a crime. She's facing more time in jail for holding a second grader over a trash can than the sheriff in Clayton County is for shooting his booty call in, uh, you know, in a moment of, what, what, what do they call it? They had a phrase for what they were doing inside the house. 
practicing police tactics. Yeah, so you shoot your booty call practicing police tactics. You're going to spend less time in jail, theoretically, than this Cobb County teacher who just did a dumb teaching strategy. Uh, Brandon, our uh, executive producer here of The Natural Truth, uh, holding a kid upside down over a trash can, you got a problem with this? Um, yeah, slightly. Well, what, what's that? Uh, you're holding a child over a <laughs> trash can. Oh, come on. You're just straightening them out a little bit. You're just teaching them a little you respect. Know, roughing That's them all. Up. That's, come on, what's the problem here? Like my co- my <laughs> old high school baseball coach threatened to punch me in the in the heart is one thing. But physically holding a kid over a trash right? can, I mean, <laughs> kind of scarring of an incident for you think a second so? grader. Uh, I don't know. I don't see the uh, – I'll put it this way. I agree that as a teaching strategy, maybe it's less than effective. But she's under arrest. That's the part where I completely lose it at 844-404-1067. Why is she under arrest? Why can't it ever be, you know, you did a teaching thing and you got fired? You know what I'm saying? Why does it have to be, and then you're going to jail because you held... I mean, do you think the kid learned a lesson? Probably. Possibly, possibly not. But... I think they want to discourage the next teacher from <laughs> when the kid has a pooey behavior Whoa! from giving a kid a swirly What's in the wrong toilet. With this? I, 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 you know what? Many a child's life has been improved by, an, a, by a swirly administered by his peers. Not by his teacher, by his peers. Many a, chi- many a punk has learned his lesson and de-escalated his punkery from a swirly. From a head in a toilet. Or a wedgie. A well-placed wedgie can be a life-changing experience, yes? It can be, but the teacher does not be like, something's up your butt. Let's make sure you're okay. your underwear. Very simple. 844-404-1067. Who should do more time in jail? The sheriff who shot his booty call or the teacher who held the kid by the ankles at uh, Mount Bethel Elementary School over the trash can because he was acting like Oscar the Grouch. A Cobb County special ed teacher charged with cruelty to children after putting a student with autism in a trash can and comparing him to Oscar the Grouch. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, so much talk, so little time. Coming up later in the show, your chance to win free lunch in the uh, lunch line at 11.45 every day. At 9.35, it's going to be uh, Philip Holloway, uh, legal analyst extraordinaire, is going to talk about what's up in the Victor Hill case and also the case of this Cobb County teacher. She's in trouble for holding a... Uh, kid upside down by his uh, legs above a trash can. But that doesn't bother me. You hold a second grade autistic kid upside down over a trash can. I can see why there'd be consequences. What bothers me is she's under arrest. And there's something weird in the world where cops who shoot their wives, girlfriends and booty calls get in less trouble and face less legal uh, consequences than teachers who make a dumb decision while teaching or, you know, a motorist who makes a mistake. I, so, there's something wrong with that. And, and I'm not looking for leniency here. I'm looking for something that resembles justice. Do you agree? 844-404-1067. Do you agree that Cobb County did the right thing by charging this teacher with 
a crime. And I'm going to ask uh, Philip Holloway about this, uh, but she's charged with cruelty to children. I know this can be a felony. I don't know that it, it, I, I don't. The uh, news report doesn't say if it's felony or not felony charge, at least uh, the, the part that I have. But uh, she could spend more time in jail than the guy who shot somebody. And she was arrested on the spot. There was no waiting. There was no, well, let's give her a chance to think about her her defense. No, she's jumped on on the spot. And I think about the stuff. I mean, I had teachers, you know, who uh, we, we had corporal punishment in my school, K through 12, uh, public school, public, not a private school, public school. We had, we had corporal punishment. I had my band director who just uh, passed away, one of my heroes in my life, uh, Johnny Helms, uh, he was a the deal was just he was a jazz trumpeter who taught part time just for the health coverage and benefits and stuff. And then he would go off and he play, I, I met amazing people through him, uh, uh, Oscar Peterson and um, just great jazz players or Irby Green. Anyway, his deal was if you were in band and he was talking and you, you know, you're all sitting around waiting to play the next song or whatever and you were not paying attention he would pick up an eraser off the chalkboard. And they used to have real erasers. You know, there's a piece of wood that held like the little fuzz. So it wasn't these, you know, whiteboards. It was real chalkboard. So he'd pick up the, the eraser and he'd start lifting it up. And if the person kept talking because they were so, you know, not paying attention, when he got up to throwing height, he would throw it at them and hit them. Sometimes in the head, sometimes in the chest, sometimes hit the music stand. Bang! And... What could you say? Because you were so not paying attention. You didn't, I mean, it took him, you know, five, six, seven seconds to do this. Sometimes the whole band would get quiet and the two people talking would be so engrossed in conversation. We'd all be sitting there looking, but they wouldn't even realize. So should Johnny Helms have gone to jail for this? Uh, I don't think so. 844-404-1067. Courtney, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hi, Michael. Hi. I'm talking about that teacher who held her student over the trash can. That is assault. If I held that teacher over a trash can, mm-hmm. she would put jail for assault. So, so you think it was? You, so you really oh, think sorry. it was an assault? You really do? Yes, that is assault. Yes. Oh, come on! She's doing her job as a teacher. She made a mistake. Why isn't firing her enough? People, children. But, you, but they, I mean, you know, you you smack a kid on the on the hand when they do something wrong. You smack them on the fanny. I mean, nowadays you, you, it's a crime to smack anybody else's child. Well, but do we want to? Do we really want to live in that world, Courtney, where everything you do is a crime? Once again, thanks for the great call, Courtney. Laid out the argument that I'm hearing on my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show, more than others, which is, uh, well, if, if someone else did it, it would be a crime. You would be thrown in jail. I, look, I agree with you. We're throwing everybody in jail. That seems to be the new thing now. Everybody goes to jail. It's never enough just to, you know, hey, here's your punishment. You're fired. You're humiliated. You can't work in your field again. I don't know if it's true. I have no problem with, uh, you know, criticizing teachers because we all know that they are teachers who need the criticism. We all know that uh, there are far too many mediocre and underperforming teachers out there. But according to the uh, parents who've spoken out about this, Mary Catherine Persley was considered a good teacher, motivated, passionate. She cared if she made a mistake. And apparently she did. If she did something wrong and apparently she did. How about ending her career as the punishment? Does it have to be you have the right to remain silent? Are we just going to turn America into one big gulag where everybody who does something dumb 
uh, uh, ends up somewhere in the penal system. Let's ask Mike. Mike, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, I was listening to uh, Courtney, the mm-hmm. one before, sure. and it just flew all over me because being an ex-teacher myself, when I was in school and you were in school, actually the students had no rights. You were a student, <laughs> and, the, and the teachers ruled the campus. And these days, the, the teachers just have no rights. Mm-hmm. The students have all the rights, and as Courtney said, it's illegal to strike another child. Well, that's the reason that is I, I really consider that the one of the biggest reasons mm-hmm. the kids are in the state Mess. that they are now. Right. Did you see the story from yesterday? I don't know when the event happened, but the news coverage was yesterday of the local school where two seventh grade girls got into a fight in the class. And people were mad that the teacher didn't stand up and break, uh, break up the fight. And the teacher's answer was, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't touch them. And so, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, we, I don't know what the final outcome is going to be for well, the teacher, fire, whatever. But you make, you know, if, if we really are going to say the teachers can't touch the kids, then I guess the seventh graders just have to fight and fight and fight until uh, a resource officer shows up. Well, you know, back when, again, when we were in school, the, mm-hmm. a lot of times the coaches, the teachers, they would they'd let a brouhaha go on for a minute or two, let them, let them settle it out, and right. then they would pull them apart. But uh, like you say, if you try to break them apart, then somebody's going to see you in it. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to file charges against the teacher. Right. But uh, it's that not only is in grammar school, but back to this teacher that hung the child over the, right. the trash can, n- no physical harm came to the child. That's right. And it was apparently an adult that saw this happen. Mm-hmm. And that, that adult is... I'm sure one of those that believes in, oh, don't, please don't just, don't harm my poor exactly. little child. Exactly. Let the little child break. do whatever they want. And so now it's got it. And you, you, you make fantastic points. We're going to pick up the legal part of this conversation about Victor Hill and the teacher with our legal, legal analyst extraordinaire, Philip Holloway. And then your phone calls at 844-404-1067. Why the bad guy in this story is the education moron who called the cops in the first place. I'll explain. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 934. I am Michael Graham, your only licensed and authorized distributor of the natural truth. What is the natural truth? You get in more trouble in Georgia for being a teacher who holds an unruly kid over a trash can than you do for being a sheriff who shoots your booty call. <laughs> I love, man, I am loving life in Georgia. I'm having a great time. Here to at least explain the law, if not to make it make sense, is legal analyst extraordinaire Phil Holloway. Uh, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you, sir. Thanks, Michael. So uh, first let's start with uh, Victor Hill and the situation he's in charge with. Misdemeanor uh, for an accidental discharge? Is that what we know or not? Yeah, the charges right now are uh, misdemeanor only. The minimum is uh, no jail time, no fine. The maximum is 12 months in jail and a $1,000 fine. He will not necessarily lose his post certification, at least not in the near term. Um, That would come later, if at all. And you know, unless the charges get upgraded, it probably will have no effect on his ability to maintain his office. Maximum time he could spend in jail, theoretically? 12 months. 12 months, that's it. 
Yeah. Okay. And you get two for one, so that's six months, really. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that's what we have Philip Holloway on to explain the two for I don't the two for one deals. I, I had last time I went to jail I used a Groupon. So it wasn't <laughs> in that long. Um what what generally from a legal standpoint, when you're holding a gun and it goes off, uh assuming it's not a, you know, I want to, you know, I'm here to kill you specifically, but it's something else. What are the other possible charges? I've had some gun owners tell me, Phil, that here in Georgia, you normally aren't charged with any crime when you accidentally well, shoot someone. If it's a pure accident, that's correct. Accidents are not crimes. Mm-hmm. But this is beyond an accident. This is in the area of recklessness and in, in that he acted in reckless disregard for the safety of other people. And as we talked about the other day, triggers do not pull themselves. Mm-hmm. Anybody who trained in proper marksmanship and gun safety knows that you do not put your finger on the trigger unless you are prepared and ready to pull it. So that is the reason why that they have at least charged him with this misdemeanor based on recklessness. Well, the next time I'm alone in a model home in another county with an attractive young lady, I hope it's not my trigger that's getting pulled, Philip. That's a personal lifestyle choice of my own. <laughs> I understand. Um, the fact that there's a relationship between these two of some kind, and obviously I'm, I'm making all kinds of wild speculation because that's what I get to do, not, not the police. But does that factor all into this? In other words, if he had been in there and there'd been just some other couple looking at the home and he'd shot one of them, would that would that make any difference at all in the eyes of the law? Well, the police are going to look, and I'm sure they have been, and probably will continue to look at the nature of their relationship. And if it was something more than just friendly, uh, has there been any you know, problems, any um, uh, disharmony, if you will, mm-hmm. that might give him some kind of motive to, to hurt her? I don't know if she's been able to give any kind of statement to the police or not. If and when she is able to do so, that would shed some light on that. Uh, and so now let's go over to Cobb County, where there's a teacher who held a uh, second grader over a trash can and said, if you can act like trash, I'm going to treat you like out to the grouch, words that affect, according to the report. And she's facing cruelty to children charges. Is that a misdemeanor yeah. or a felony? First degree, and it's a felony, and the minimum punishment for that is five years up to 20, five to 20. And it's based on the mental state of malice, which is really the intention to do evil to somebody. Mm -hmm. So you've got quite a difference in the legal standard of uh, recklessness uh, in the Victor Hill situation and the allegation, at least, of a malicious intention to to cause harm to this child. So that brings it up to the felony Mm -hmm. level that's 5 to 20 under Georgia law. Could be on probation, could be in prison, or both. Uh, So six months for shooting your female friend 20 years for making a dumb teaching decision well of course the keep in mind arrest warrants are the starting place and Mm -hmm. prosecutors will review these files and will make a independent determination as to whether or not that is the appropriate charge that needs to be presented to the grand jury and uh that may or may not change depending on what the the evidence is and you know smart lawyers will take a look at it and will present it to a grand jury perhaps uh, on some lower charge and of course there's always the option to you know plea bargain things down right to lower exactly charge. but just the premise of it i think is kind of a i'll say the juxtaposition of the two is is certainly interesting striking you, you've been uh on both sides a prosecutor and defense attorney do you see the trend that i seem to see anecdotally in the media of more and more actions being turned into criminal incidents as opposed to job disciplinary incidents or family. In other words, you do something as a parent and it's dumb. Instead of, you know, someone just kind of rattling your cage and saying, hey, straighten up, mom. It's now slap the cuffs. You do something that's as a teacher or an employee that's dumb. And instead of your boss just firing you, 
you stand, find yourself staying in front of a judge? Yeah, that's true, especially in the context of schools. One interesting thing uh, about uh, this particular um, arrest warrant in Cobb County, you know, this has to be, this is one of the same things where teachers and police officers are treated differently. If you're going to charge them with a crime in connection mm-hmm. with their official duties, it has to be something that's done by a superior court judge. And in this particular case, the warrant was issued by a magistrate judge who was acting as an assisting superior court judge. So just because you get mad at your school teacher, you can't just run down and, and get a get a warrant. It has to be something that's done right. by a uh, high-ranking judge. I can completely fl- – right now my callers are like 9 to 1, throw this a woman in jail. I can flip that 180 degrees, Philip, with, by, by changing one fact, make her a cop. If she were a cop doing this, my callers would be going, good for him. Go get him. He should have shot the little turd. It is well, amazing I, to me, this, the big brother conservatives out there who have no problem criticizing anyone in government until they put on a badge. And then suddenly they are the, uh, uh, the angels who govern us, the people who can do no wrong. Well, what, you know, I see the school teacher situation as something that, if it's true, it probably was inappropriate. She probably needs some discipline. Sure. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that a felony cruelty to children <laughs> charge is maybe the right thing. But then again, I don't know what the evidence. Oh was. no, and exactly, and that's why you're here. That's why I love talking to you. You kind of give us the kind of cocktail party take from a legal standpoint. You know, you know, the law is. I've been drinking cocktails all day. So. I'm sure. Well, of course you are. You're a lawyer. It's your it's your job. <laughs> hey, as I all, I always say when someone offers me a drink, it's five a.m. somewhere. Right. So right. I can do that. one last completely unrelated question. So uh, how would you feel about being the Clinton's attorney right about now as this tidal wave of information comes out about foreign money while she's secretary of state and this claim that there's no evidence of wrongdoing? I've never seen this standard before, uh, Philip, where unless you have actual note, I want to take your bribe, please. Everything else is no evidence of wrongdoing. That's not usually how claims of bribery and corruption go, are they? Well, there's, you know, circumstantial evidence can be just as powerful as direct evidence. Yep. You may not find a smoking gun, but if you take all the circumstances and, and put them all together, you can see uh, in many cases, not necessarily this one, I don't know sure. all those facts, but in general, uh, you can make out a really strong criminal case using circumstantial evidence alone. And as for your question about being their lawyer, mm-hmm. I would love it because just think about how much money they've got. <laughs> You know, if you you could charge him five hundred grand, and that would just be one speech by your client. That's pretty good. I mean, of course, that's very good. Philip Holloway, uh, legal analyst extraordinaire. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Michael Graham Show. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio one zero six seven. that it would happen, especially at a school that I know and love so much. And I don't think that this one incident can define anything about Mount Bethel Elementary. It's 9.50. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, he's just tuning in. We've got two stories going on right now. Victor Hill, the sheriff of Clayton County, using his official service revolver and a young lady he was attempting to apparently to service. That's my speculation. Something went wrong. Gun goes off. She ends up in critical condition in the hospital. He's facing misdemeanor. According to our legal analyst, six months in jail. Teacher in uh, second grade at Mount Bethel Elementary School, popular, well-liked, regarded as a good teacher, held a second grade autistic kid over the trash can and said, stop your trashy behavior. She's facing 20 years in prison. Am I the only person who sees something wrong with this? What's wrong with 
firing someone. What happened to what happened to firing? It's it's I, it's happened to me. Seems like a pretty good uh, punishment. Then again, maybe I haven't learned anything. Wesley, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, how you doing? Doing fine, sir. Thank you for calling. Right ahead. Um, I don't think she should be fired. I have a six-year-old autistic child myself. And even though, I mean, you can be a great person with kids, but autistic children, some of them just don't get the concept of you telling them something to do over and over and over again. They don't, some of them don't have the attention span. Some of them are nonverbal. Okay. So an autistic child can push a person, a normal person that's really good with kids, to a breaking point to them to do something that they don't normally do. So I don't think she should be fired. I think she should have to go to classes how to how to teach autistic children if there's going to be an autistic child present in her classroom. Now, Wesley, I can hear my listeners going, yeah, it's, you say that now, but if it were your child and you have an autistic child, you would have a yeah. totally different attitude. You'd be down at the, at the uh, school administering some justice on this lady's head yourself. Yeah, I would. I would, yes, I would be very upset with it, but then I would have to sit back. I mean, I've dealt with my child being out of hand and stuff, but, I mean, my child's respected, but there is autistic mm-hmm. children that are nonverbal, and then there's some that, I mean, it, it takes a special teacher to deal with some autistic children. Anybody out there that has an autistic or a mentally child would agree with me. And, yes, I would be upset. I don't think she should be arrested and put in jail, but she does need to go... To a, to a class that can help her deal with children like that if they're going to be in her class. Wesley, thanks for the call. Good luck with your child, 844-404-1067. And this is, a, to me, a key part. It's very frustrating when uh, people, when you say, I want there to be consequences, and what people hear is, oh, you're not going to arrest them and throw them in jail for the rest of your life? You're not going to teach treat them like they're Satan spawn? Well, then that's no consequences. No, no. <laughs> There are lots of consequences. Not throwing everyone in jail isn't the same as not doing anything. But throwing everyone in jail is dumb, destructive, expensive. And you've seen what it's done uh, in cities across America where you've criminalized a bunch of stuff. You get a bunch of people in the criminal court system and they are they get frustrated because like, geez, Louise, come on. I'm not a criminal. OK, I screwed up. But come on. You know, you're. You're uh, uh, costing me, you know, thousands of dollars and putting me in jail over parking tickets and double parking. Come on. That leads normal human beings to get extremely frustrated. And then you see the consequences in places like Ferguson and Baltimore. Mike, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment. I I don't condone what this teacher did by any means. I, I, I do think there is some discipline that needs to be taken here. Uh, but like the previous caller said, these teachers deal with uh, extraordinary uh, circumstances on a day-to-day basis. My wife is an elementary uh, school teacher who deals mm-hmm. with autistic children, and I spent five minutes in her class one day, and I was about ready to just, <laughs> just go crazy myself. <laughs> so what these teachers go through is unbelievable, and if, they, and if people don't know, they shouldn't comment. They should go spend five minutes in a mm-hmm. class, and then they will see what these teachers have to deal with. And also it's stated... These children, uh, they, they have to be taught to in a special way. They, they don't understand. You can't sit there and tell them, you're misbehaving, you need to calm down. They don't understand. They mm-hmm. don't have the mental capacity to understand. Um, but, Mike, Mike, I just want to say one thing, though. I, 
the feelings you describe, I know I'm with you. I actually substitute taught a little bit when I first got out of college. I was doing stand-up at night, and so I'd substitute teach if I had nothing going on. And I did it like six or seven times and never went back because it was so horrifying. But doesn't, doesn't your wife essentially make a deal with her employers, us, the taxpayers? I understand that you could never do this for five minutes, but it's my job, and I can do it five days a week without – you know, beating anybody, stabbing anybody, oh, yeah. holding them over a trash she, can. You see what I'm saying? Once yeah, you sign been, up for the job, she's been I, doing it for 14 years. Yeah. But but so, that's her and, job. And she, the fact that it's hard isn't that her job is to deal with. It, it stuff. is. It is. It, it basically is. And like I said, I'm not condoning what this teacher sure. did. Um, my my wife had a, a child last year who was extremely violent. She would mm. come home with bruises. Wow. Of a black eye from a headbutt, oh. and she could absolutely do nothing to this child uh, except you know. Uh, uh, hauled him down with the assistant of the principal mm-hmm. to make sure the child didn't hurt himself or others. But, uh, you know, they, they, they could paddle this child. They would have to call the parents mm-hmm. and pick the child up. Mike, uh, thanks for the call. Good luck to your wife, and I appreciate it at 844-404-1067. We've got more on this. Also, all you whiners complaining, oh, the Patriots keep winning. Oh, they keep finding ways to get an advantage. <laughs> Come on, people. Robin is racing. You know it, and I know it. There's only one letter difference between whiner and winner, but oh, what a difference. Ready 1067. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. How are you? Hey, a shout out to Bert and Jeremy and uh, Thomas. Uh, I Because Tuesday was two for Tuesday for the uh, Braves and Express Oil, I zipped in to their Holcomb Bridge Road location and uh, they took fantastic care of me. A great deal, too. I had an issue. I'd have the light replaced, all the stuff, and the whole thing, everything well, it was like 30 bucks. So uh, thank you so much for taking care of me. And I had this this weird circumstance, soccer boy. So, you know, I'm, Express Oil is a supporter of the show. They're so I try to get their back, right? Yep. So what I do is I tweet out, and I have a fair number of Twitter followers. So I tweet out a photo of Bert, who's taking care of me, uh, in the garage. And I say, hey, here I am. Take advantage of the Brave special, you know, uh, a dollar off if they score five or more. Which, by the way, uh, is good today, too, because the Braves score. What did they score last night? Seven? No, it was more than that, wasn't it? Where's my, where's my sheet? I actually watched uh, the game toward like, to the eighth inning, and I kind of I, some other stuff came. But anyway, uh, I'll get that for you in a second. Seven to five. Seven to five. There you go. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, seven bucks off today, at Express Oil. So I tweeted out, and this is this isn't a text message. You know, this isn't to like my personal friend. This is to anybody who follows me on Twitter. So I tweeted out, and a minute later, I get a tweet back. The guy goes, "Yeah, I know. I just saw you." And I, I'm, and so I'm looking around. <laughs> That's the creepiest thing you could ever go through. The guy whose car was in the background when I took the picture for the tweet is a listener and follows me on Twitter. And so as so he was in his car when his phone binged and he got the tweet. How weird is that? And but but I do want to say thank you to the listeners. Apparently, a couple of you stopped by. You heard me. Um, uh, mentioned yesterday that I was going to go to the Holcomb Road location for Express Oil. And so they, the, when I pulled up, the guys, oh, Michael Graham, yeah, we knew you were coming. Several people came in. and uh, So thank you for that. That, was, that is a small world. 
when you tweet out something and the guy 60 seconds later tweets you back, yeah, that's my car behind Bert. Wow. I am on Twitter at I am M Graham. I love your ideas for stories, stuff that's going on, stuff I might miss. Uh, I also uh, uh, give out my email address all the time, michael at michaelgram.com, because some of the best stories I get, I get from listener stuff that I would miss otherwise. Uh, if you're watching the news, though, you cannot miss the fact that we have that uh, a, a problem has arisen in Forsyth County that we should be completely done with. There is a confirmed case of measles at Forsyth County Elementary School. A letter to parents went home with students today warning them that a third grader at Sharon Elementary has tested positive for that very contagious disease. Measles. In America, in the year 2015, we had this disease eradicated. It was er done. It was virtually unknown. And now here we are in Forsyth County because of some dopey, no-vax parent. Everybody has to wonder if this wildly contagious disease is going to get to their kids. And for those of you who want to throw the teacher in Cobb County in jail for 20 years. That's what she's facing for holding a kid upside down. Who's more dangerous to your kid? A teacher who holds him upside down for a couple of seconds to try to teach him some self-control and respect or the moron parent who sends little infected Ivan into your school to spread a wildly contagious disease. If you're going to put somebody in jail, it would be the uh, anti-vaxxers. Now, I don't want the anti-vaxxers in jail because I believe in freedom and I believe that you as a parent should have the right to make this incredibly stupid anti-science decision for yourself. I don't want to give the police the power to arrest you. I don't want to give the state the power to prosecute you because I'm not one of the many big government, big brother conservatives who've now decided that they want the government in this business. I, that's not me. And uh, so you should be free in Forsyth County or anywhere else in Georgia to make this decision. But you can't send your kids to public school. They can't come. They get rejected at the door because I absolutely support your right to make that decision for your kids. But I do not support your right to make that decision for the rest of us in our taxpayer funded schools. So to me, that is the right outcome. 844-404-1067. Do you think. Uh, the parents who sent this kid. Let me ask you this. So your kid comes home from school in Forsyth County with measles because he's one of the about one in a hundred kids for whom the shots just don't work. And that's that's the case. There's a small percentage. It's not even one percent, but we'll just use that as a simple number. A small one percent don't get so you you did the right thing you got your kid his shots your kids cried <laughs> and you went through all that got him the lollipop and everything and then all of a sudden you got a third grader with the bleeping measles you've got a third world disease because some and I'm stereotyping here but this tends to be the case some uh, you know Prius driving granola crunching Whole food shopper my little t my, I was gonna say my little Tommy my little quinoa is too precious to get the measles I'm not gonna give him that icky shot my little sunshine is too my little leche is too precious 
That's right, meet my kids, quinoa, sunshine, and leche, and they're too precious to ever get such an icky disease, so I'm not going to put your dirty vaccine in my kid's body. That's, chances are that's who brought the disease. What do you as a parent want to have happen to the parent who sent their little snot-nosed, germ-covered, non-vaccinated kid to your school? Should there be consequences for the parent who did that? 844-404-1067. Do you agree with me that at a minimum they shouldn't be allowed to send their kids to your public school in Forsyth County? Uh, Or do you think, hey, Michael... You know, the world is like it is. There's lots of different people, lots of different opinions. You just get your kid the shots and good, and just hope for the best. Is that the right answer for you? You tell me. And what are you thinking, Forsyth? Not getting your kids vaccinated from easily eradicable, dangerous, and sometimes deadly diseases. What the hell are you thinking? No matter how much. You have little quinoa sit there and watch public television. No matter how many rallies you take them to for Save the Earth events, no matter how much you spend on your Range Rover, diseases are still diseases, and they're going to get you. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1019. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. Well, another measles case in the U.S. This time right here in Georgia. This time right here in Forsyth County. And uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're going to be talking in the next hour to a writer with the Washington Post who has a new article out. Five really good reasons to hate millennials. And one of the reasons he lists is because they are the nation's leading vaccine skeptics. Millennials are twice as likely as seniors to say that parents should be able to opt out giving their kids childhood vaccines and seven times as likely to believe the repeatedly discredited link between vaccines and autism. Why? Because they're clueless dopes. Uh, which is yet another reason to hate the millennials. There's no conspiracy here, folks. Just get your damn vaccine. Uh, Exactly. So what's going on in Forsyth? And do you agree with me that if you are too dumb to send your kids uh, to the doctor to get shots, then you are too dangerous to have your kids in my public school. I don't want you arrested. I don't want you to lose your rights as parents. uh, And I don't want you to be forced at gunpoint to get the shots. But... Uh, I don't want my kids to go to school with your kids. Kay, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Well, I agree with you, Michael. Unfortunately, they would have to homeschool the children, and I'm not sure they're smart enough for that either. (laughs) But on on another note, well, you know, on another note, when we take our dog to the vet, Mm -hmm. groom shop, or to be boarded, they even require shot vaccination for our pets, for our dogs. Yep. Other dogs don't catch diseases. And I personally don't want mine around dogs who have not had shots Mm -hmm. for that reason. Um, But we allow children to give our children diseases, and like you said, that are from third world countries. Now it's the measles. It'll be chicken pox and mumps Mm -hmm. next. Yeah, absolutely. Measles, mumps, rubella. It's all happening because people are avoiding those shots. Thanks for the great call, Kay. And uh, you've got, uh, you know, we've seen these outbreaks already. 
the uh, rate of uh, vaccines you want to see is around 90% so that you can get your herd vaccination. That is, there aren't enough, enough dumb people left for the disease to infect, so it goes away. That's where we've been. That's what we've been. Up to. That's how we got rid of polio. We didn't get rid of polio because we cured polio. We got rid of polio because we found a way to stop people from being able to carry polio with a vaccination. And so the polio died. Basically, we starved it to death. What you super geniuses and Forsyth and elsewhere are doing is you are reviving these doomed diseases in your own kids' bodies. And I have no idea why. Or what the heck you're thinking. 844-404-1067. Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill has just released a statement this morning after having been charged with misdemeanor reckless conduct. Uh, I want to thank all of you for your continued prayers for Guinevere. That's the young lady who he shot. And ask you to keep her and her family lifted in prayer. Uh, I, while focused on the recovery and healing of Guinevere, I will simultaneously continue my duties and responsibilities as the sheriff of Clayton County. Please continue to pray for Guinevere and her family. He mentions Guinevere 93 times. He doesn't mention his crime once. Uh, and you know, I, I would just say to Sheriff Victor Hill there in Clayton County, if you really cared about Guinevere, you wouldn't be shooting her. That's, that's my first suggestion on keeping somebody in good health is leaving your bullets elsewhere. But now that Victor Hill has been charged with a misdemeanor for shooting his booty call, we have the hashtag working on Twitter, Victor Hill pickup lines. And so if you have any you'd like to suggest, we would li- we'd like to post them on uh, Twitter. And you can tweet, tweet, tweet me, I am M. Graham. And we'd like to get your best of the best. Want to practice some police tactics? Assume the position and no, that's not my gun are three of the Victor Hill pickup lines that have come in already. And I hope you'll continue to send more. Uh, And uh, and we will read those for you later in the show. I mentioned in it while while we get your calls on the line regarding the vaccine story out of Forsyth. I mentioned five really good reasons to hate millennials, according to Christopher Ingram at the Washington Post. If you do want to hate on millennials, do it. Give yourself the credit of hating for the right reasons, he writes. All the derisive talk of selfies and selfishness and Snapchats really announced to nothing more than an extended get off my lawn from an aggrieved class of elders. Um, So here are the legitimate reasons why you should scorn Nations 20-somethings like Soccer Boy and Brandon. Number one, millennials are the least patriotic generation. Fewer than a third of millennials say the U.S. is the greatest country in the world. Fewer than a third, a third say that. By contrast, 48% of Gen Xers, 50% of boomers, and 64% of the silent generation, the boomers' parents, say that America is number one. Only 70% of millennials say that they are patriotic compared to 80 or 90% of the rest of us. Number two, millennials are, millennials are just as racist as their elders. Uh, data from General Society surveys shows when it comes to explicit prejudice against blacks, non-Hispanics, uh, 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 non-Hispanic white millennials are not much different than their white uh, colleagues belonging to Generation X. Uh, number three, millennials are the generation least informed about the news Millennials performed the poorest in the recent Pew Research Center study. 
of the public's knowledge of current events. You know who usually rocks on these studies? Talk radio listeners. I'm not saying that to suck up to you. Talk radio listeners tend to be the top when it comes to media consumers knowing what's going on in the news. Number four, like I mentioned, millennials leading uh, vaccine skeptics. And number five, millennials care less than free, less about free speech than any other generation. 18 to 29-year-olds were, uh, were the generation least likely to say it's okay for news outlets to publish cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. For a substantial proportion of millennials, the right to free speech ends where the right not to be offended begins. So many reasons to hate the millennials. Pick the one you like the best. So much talk, so little time. I'm Michael Graham. It's 1034. I am Michael Graham. Like I mentioned, when the Braves score, you win. Uh, that's right. Uh, Express Oil gives you a dollar off for every run they score. If, if, when they score five or more yesterday, it was seven in their win over the Phillies. And so it's seven bucks off today when you stop by Express Oil Filter for a full uh, service oil change like I did yesterday at the Holcomb Bridge Lo- Road location. Uh, just check out ExpressOil.com for your, your nearest location, and they'll take great care of you. The phone number is 844-404-1067. You can also email me, michael at michaelgram.com. And, you know, we haven't really gotten to, we guess we want to talk about the vaccine issue. We absolutely will. And how uh, the decision by dopey parents to leave their kids unvaccinated, uh, you know, is reviving these diseases. And yet I, because I support individual liberty, think that you should have the right to be this dumb with your kids. Uh, you just can't come to my public schools. I think that's a completely reasonable uh, uh, answer trying to balance these things. But my other question for you is why do you think it is that they're not doing it? And the, uh, the, the coverage I've seen has shown that the lower your uh, the education level of the school system, the lower the income level of the school system, the more likely you are to have all your shots. It used to be the case that it was the backwoods of you know rural Mississippi or the wilds of Wyoming where these people who were fighting against fluoridated water and CIA you know firing you know, rays into their head would not get their shots because they thought it was a government conspiracy. Now it's the elites among us who are making this decision and bringing these diseases back right here. To Georgia, 844-404-1067. Ralph, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. Um, I've got three kids in Forsyth, mm-hmm. and uh, when we signed them up, we couldn't even – you can't get them into the school unless they have their papers for vaccinations. Well, obviously, somebody got into school without it because they've got the measles. I know. It's awfully strange. I mean, we couldn't even – you know, right before school starts, you have to go in – you have to take all your vaccination papers, mm-hmm. uh, your social, all of that stuff, and then you can get signed up. Other than that, though, I mean, well, no, no, actually, lying. Um, no, you can get, um, uh, you know what, I think there's an exemption that the state allows, but I want to double-check that before I say something dumb on the radio. Oh, well, excuse me, before I say something dumb and unintentional on the radio, let me check that. But I'm pretty sure there's a statewide exemption here in Georgia that people can use if they want. Hannah, you're on the air. Thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hey, yeah. Well, you're right about the exemption. As far as I know, it's a, a religion exemption. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and first of all, I did vaccinate my child, but I did debate about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I researched and you asked the question why a lot of parents are refusing to do it now. And I think ultimately it comes down to um, mistrust in our government in so many areas. Um, you know, what what's right. going in our food, what's in the vaccinations mm-hmm. and and of course, all the information out there um, about um, autism, you know, the link of autism. But that's been debunked again and again. And so it has, that's what, but, but there's, yeah. just as, there's just as much information supporting it. There's so much supporting it, and there's so much debunking it. But um, I also wanted to bring up, um, I actually came across an article recently that, about this measles outbreak that said that it's not due to parents refusing to vaccinate, but that it's actually a mutation in the strain of measles and that the vaccination is just no longer relevant. Uh, except that where there are people who are widely vaccinated, there are no measles. And that would be the kind of argument that you would make. And by the way, you mentioned what's in our food and stuff. Once again, I believe in freedom. I want you to live your life as you choose as much as possible. And if there's anything you shouldn't trust, it's the government. I'm with you on that completely. I mean, we just heard the news at the bottom of the hour. How many people are shocked that Pentagon workers who were given free credit cards used them to pay for hookers and porn? Everybody who's shocked, raise your hands. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? I see no hands. Of course you're not. How many people are shocked? The counties around here. The counties give their county you know, commissioners and board members, these credit cards. And then what's the story? Every three weeks there's another county employee caught using the credit card for whatever hookers or liquor or whatever. Of course they do. This is why I, 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 I'm so frustrated. And sometimes I get so passionate about how we're losing our, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what I thought we could all agree on, which is we need to, uh, uh, you know, government, when government has power, Bad things happen. I thought we had moved past that, but um, you know, apparently not. And that's that conversation is going on. And now we have the rise of the uh, big brother conservatives who they want the government out there spying on you just as much as possible. And they are, are comfortable with the government telling you what to do when it comes to raising your kids. And I'm I'm not. So, for example, uh, the caller just mentioned genetically modified foods and what's in your food. And we have businesses that are now marketing the fact that we we don't sell uh, products with uh, GMOs in them. Ben and Jerry's is uh, is announcing where, that they're going to market this, and it's fine as a marketing tool. But does nobody care that the science? There is no science at all that genetically modified foods are unhealthy or different in any meaningful ways from whatever it is you're calling normal food. And I don't know what you call normal food because we humans have been genetically modifying animals and food for literally hundreds of years. They've been breeding certain breeds of cattle because you get more beef, better beef. There's a reason why, you know, Kobe beef is not an invention out of a laboratory. Kobe beef is the process of selective breeding over generation after generation. That's genetic modification. And so I don't want it to be illegal for fast food business. I'm trying to remember which fast food company just announced that they're going to stop using GMOs. Who is it? You, you can talk. It's okay. Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. There you go. Chipotle. Look, if Chipotle has found a boatload of suckers out there 
who are willing to spend an extra buck per burrito so they can have their uh-huh, not genetically modified food, which is made with beef that was raised to be the beef they get and, and vegetables that were selectively bred to be the vegetables we get. If they want to do that, fine. And if you're the sucker that wants to go in and pay it, that's fine, I believe. But don't kid yourself, you anti-vaxxers and your anti-GMOers, that you have any idea what you're talking about because you don't. You, ha- you don't have the natural truth. And if you would stop and think about it for a few minutes, you would know that it's not the natural truth because you know that vaccines have worked since the smallpox smallpox vaccination process during the American Revolution. And you would know that people have been modifying food in the sense of messing with the genes ever since. Who's the guy, Mendel? Wasn't that the guy we had to study in school and had to do the boxes with the XX and the XY and all that stuff? We've been modifying foods for hundreds of years. But if it makes you happy, you go right ahead. You feel free to spend more to put your own children at risk, and to ignore the natural truth. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. The New England Patriots and quarterback Tom Brady are awaiting their punishment in the so-called deflate gate investigation. Brady is accused of being, quote, at least generally aware that team staffers deflated game balls. The NFL is considering penalties, which could include fines, lost draft picks, and possibly even a suspension for Brady. So is it time to suspend Tom Brady, the greatest uh, NFL quarterback of all time? Is it time to strip the Patriots of their Super Bowl win? Is it time to to uh, force the franchise to sell and to salt this the uh, lawn there at uh, Foxborough? Let's ask Patriots Nation cheerleader and brown noser, my good friend Tom Shattuck from Boston Herald Radio. How are you, Shattuck? I am good. I am just awaiting Roger Goodell's apology and for him to his resignation. I mean, if 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 you've ever seen a pile of 240 pages worth of nothing, I think we've seen it here. There's more than probable. What the hell is more than probable? You know what that means? That means inconclusive. This is oh absolute, come on! This you've seen the absolute. tweet. The, the guy called himself the deflator in the tweet. One of the guys handling the balls. Are you kidding me? It is a, They always they always nudge and maneuver the balls. It's not. There's no blatant. They, there's no blatant <laughs> correlation to the quarterback as well. This is such such bull. This is. You know what this is, and I hate to tell you, and uh-huh. sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Atlanta Falcons fans, this is second-rate team envy. No, teams like teams like the Falcons can't stand the fact that teams like the Patriots have a dynasty going okay. for this long, and so you try to find anything to do to tear them down. When in fact, if you want to know what a cheater is, a cheater is is a, a franchise that pumps fake crowd noise into a, an arena. <laughs> no, that's what that's a cheater not does. cheating. That's pathetic. That's a totally different word. We're talking to Tom Shattuck with Boston Herald Radio. Uh, you will notice, Shattuck, that everybody in America hates the Patriots. It's not limited to the Falcons or to New York or to Seattle. Everybody hates the Patriots. Of course, and there's a very good reason for that, because every year in and year out, the Patriots don't always win the the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but every year they break the hearts of teams that are up-and-coming, burgeoning playoff teams, and they wipe them out. So it, everybody's been victimized by the Patriots, okay. hey, including look, for, for, Matt Ryan, including the Falcons, including mm-hmm. everybody else, the, the San Diego okay, Chargers. Okay, Shattuck, is, so here's, here's the message I'm getting from my listeners, because I've been happily uh, mm-hmm. uh, reminding them that this is – 
uh, a game. Rubbing is racing is a motto often heard here in the Southeast. And so, come on, you know, you work the ball, you work the field, you work whatever. You know, it's come on, it's no big deal. And the answer I'm getting is, quote, the rules are the rules. So Shattuck, they're cheaters. They broke the rules, right? The, that isn't correct. I mean, the rules, the rules are you the also rules. can't. The rules are, are in football. You also can't hold somebody, and you can't clip right. somebody, mm-hmm. and those are penalties. These are tiny little misdemeanors. And but you did break the, the rules. I, you you yes, can break you the, rules. the rules. Is it, it, it was a minor infraction <laughs> of breaking the rules. <laughs> it, it, at no means, in no, at no time, did it did it uh, influence the play whatsoever. And once really? again, I'll go back to I'll go back to the Falcons and Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, who had a great career here. When you are pumping fake noise into the stadium, that, that yeah, is psychological. And the Falcons, psychological no, it's not, warfare. No, no, it's just trying to not humiliate yourself on national television because only three people showed up and they weren't that screaming. That is incorrect. Um, you but, are trying to force audible. <laughs> no. This is uh, such jealousy, listen, listen, really. That's all listen. they have. It, it's, it's so incredible. How many more will the Pats have to win for the rest of the country just to shut up and admit that they've got second-rate uh-huh. teams? So here's the deal. You can deny all you want that the Patriots have been caught breaking the rules, and they clearly have been caught breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how, how do you explain why the uh, Patriots are about to get hit with fines and lost draft picks over this? Because the NFL is embarrassed. The NFL is embarrassed. The, the NFL and the Indianapolis Colts got way too out in front of this thing before they did their due diligence and made sure there was anything to it. And so now they've put essentially what is the size of a war and peace, this report out, and they've got to <laughs> Because ba- they've they got needed to make 200 it, pages because that's how much cheating was going they, on, Shannon. It, it is. Well, well, how come there's nothing conclusive in there? Why are they then? not conclusive? They've there got the no tweets from the guys connected. back and forth. The there only are thing no they, d- the only thing they can't prove is what we all know, which is that Brady knew it was going on. That's the only thing. Is There, there is a preponderance of evidence. If this were a civil case, uh, Tom Brady would be writing a check. Let me ask this. Isn't this really about the fact that Patriots fans are the most obnoxious fans in the NFL? Isn't that really what it's about? Well, it, with the exception of Jets, Giants, <laughs> Steelers, and Raiders, then I put no. them maybe in the top twenty-five. But no, they're not the most they obnoxious the fans. Most, you guys are the most obnoxious. It just fans. so happens. It just so happens that every hundred years or so, a, a town is blessed with a franchise <laughs> that is a step above. Believe me, the Patriots didn't exist until two thousand one. But since then, since Bill Belichick is the greatest football mind ever. They've been on to something special here. The Patriots are a better and more special team than anybody else in the NFL. And it just hurts the rest of the country so much that you're trying to tear them down. This is pathetic. Pathetic. Just be a Pats fan, okay? Don't worry. Brady's getting old. He's only got four more years of this stuff. And then the Patriots will fall back down to earth, and then you can stop hating Atlanta and the rest of the country. Hey, uh, Shattuck, you were my wildly incompetent producer back in the day. I want my currently wildly incompetent producer to join us on the air, Brandon uh, Brandon, do you uh, do, do you have something you want to say in, in response to Mr. Shattuck's uh, comments here? Other than he's being a typical New Englander, <laughs> the, the Patriots knowingly broke the rule. Tom Brady knowingly had the balls deflated, or at least if he's any type of competent quarterback, as you claim he is, could have told the balls were at a lower PSI. Thus, he gained the advantage from it. And the wording in the document has been used in every NFL case that they have 
for the personal conduct case. It's exactly. civil suit language. There you go, Shadow. I thank Brandon Goodell. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> the, the sniping just never ends. It is it's such crap. Half the balls that he uses are overinflated. He doesn't really know. He has a preference. There was no, there was nothing linking Brady oh, to these two guys. Oh, give me a break! Come I'm sorry. On. There's a bunch of crowd noise in here. I can't <laughs> hear you very well. I can't hear the manure you're spewing right now. Through the crowd noise. That is, then of course, you're probably in on the uh, on the in the Falcons' cabal of putting in trash crowd noise to try to try to throw off the other team. That, so why does Brady is, just, why does Brady just man up and do the man thing and say, look? I took some liberties. I'm not standing here saying I didn't take some liberties with your balls. I did. And now I'm prepared to pay my fine, and my lesson is learned, and we'll go on. Why doesn't he just man up and do that, Shattuck? Well, because that would be an untruth. Why would he sacrifice himself when he's done nothing wrong? You're trying to get the guy in a technicality. I'm sorry. You couldn't get Capone on extortion and racketeering, so you're going to hit him for tax evasion? It's cheap. It's, They're both it's, guilty. It's what do Capone and Brady have in common? They're both guilty. That uh, there is a totally and utter difference between what uh, Capone. <laughs> I distance Capone and Brady now. My compartmentalized my use of that example. Uh, we got to go. You can hear Tom Shattuck daily on Boston Herald Radio up in my old digs in Boston. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell everyone I said hi and uh, go Cox. The ring ceremony will be in early September. <laughs> is that before or after the riot? Hey. Hey. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. So how about it? Tom Brady, just a tough competitor looking for every advantage or a dirtbag cheater? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 11.05 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east in the Mississippi. So what's going on on the show today? I just work here. I don't know. I'm hoping you can help me out here at uh, News Radio 106.7. I read to you earlier from a terrific piece by Christopher Ingram in the uh, Washington Post, about five legitimate reasons to hate millennials, and uh, we've certainly come up with our own uh, many times on this show. And what it's interesting is, so I, I clicked on that piece, and I was reading it, and then I saw another piece that he had written that made me literally laugh out loud. And it's about a, a request from a member of law enforcement to the uh, general public. Christopher Ingram with the Washington Post joins us. Christopher, what is it that this officer is asking of America and white America in particular? Well, he's really asking white America to stop calling the police every time they see a black person that is, quote, unquote, acting suspicious. And if you read this Reddit thread, that encompasses behavior, everything from sitting in the car to literally walking down the street. You mean people are calling the cops just because they see a black guy walking down the street? Sure. There's there's a story. So this is on this Reddit thread uh, at, uh, by uh, law enforcement officers, and there, there's a bunch of stories like this. And, the, and the, the, these cops are really get, starting to get frustrated. Um, a retired cop told a story of a lady called him literally scared to death because some black guy was sitting in his truck across from her house. It turned out to be the water meter reader. Um, another guy tells a story of the time when he, he is white, and his wife, who is black, lived in an apartment complex. His wife got right. the cops called on her a total of nine times in the single year they lived there. He got the cops called on him zero times. 
So uh, the guy's specific post says, I'm working last week. I get dispatched for a call of suspicious activity. This is the cop. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to know what the suspicious activity was? Someone walking around the dark with a flashlight crowbar? No. Someone walking into a bank with a full face mask on? Nope. It was two black males jump-starting a car at 930 in the morning. That was it. People, people, people. If you're going to be a racist, you're a typical jerk, keep it to yourself. That was this officer's post. And I just... I just had to laugh out loud, Christopher. It's pretty amazing. And, and the the other interesting thing was just how many other officers chimed in with similar stories. And mm-hmm. they, they were also sharing strategies for what they did when they were faced with these situations. Right. And one of them, he said, you know, what I do is, you know, and the, the tricky thing for the cops is a lot of times there are policies in the police department that say no call is too small. So right. if they get a call like this, <laughs> they are 99% certain it's complete nonsense, but they have to go check it out. So one cop says what he does is he'll approach the, quote, suspicious person, and right. he'll roll up and ask him if they need any help, and if right. they need some help, I'll help them start the car or whatever. If they don't, I'll just leave. He says, I'm not going to waste their time because some random idiot is being right. racist. I know, do we know where this officer works? Where, where, are you able? I don't know enough about Reddit. Uh, I'm not a regular Reddit guy. Can we mm-hmm. tell if what part of the country he's in? No, the uh, the uh, the forum member. So the, the, this forum has a, a system for verifying law enforcement officers, mm-hmm. uh, the these are the people who post there. They send in their credentials to the, the site's administrator so they can verify that they're actual law enforcement. But their identities are, uh, they're not public. So, and but the then, reason you know, I ask is I have a theory. Things. I want to run a theory by you. We're talking to Christopher Ingram of the Washington Post. I want to run a theory by you. Sure. My theory is that this officer works somewhere outside of the South. Because in the South, people who don't look like each other see each other all the time. You cannot be white or black in the South and not run into black and white people. I grew up in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it amazed me when I moved north and I lived in New York for a while and in Boston, just uh, self-described liberals would say to me how uncomfortable they were around black people. Say, yeah. I, one of the people I talked to about who was opponent of school choice admitted to me, look, I don't want it because I don't want my black kids going to school. I'm like, what? How can you say this? And he actually said, you don't understand. You're from the South. You're used to them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. wow. So I'm just curious, what do you think of my theory that this is about people who just aren't familiar with seeing people that don't look like them? I think that's certainly right. And we see this, I mentioned this story, we see this a lot in uh, gentrifying communities. Yes. We see it a lot right here in D.C. Uh, we've got this neighborhood, the H Street region, mm-hmm. where they had to hold a community forum last year because new white residents kept calling the police on black <laughs> residents and basically profiling them. And the, the D.C. chief of police herself said, look, you have a lot of people here who haven't lived in an urban neighborhood who are calling the police for a lot of new things. Mm, and you know, the residents were like, you know, a couple guys walk through an alley like they've done their whole lives. And mm-hmm. the new neighbors think something untoward is happening, so it yeah. can be a real issue for sure. Uh, and uh, and, and we, cops got better things to do, you know. So I, I love what I love about your story about the uh, Reddit posts is all of the eye rolling. In other words, it was nobody saying, "Oh my gosh, this is America of KKKA." It was just, "Come on." But and I was also say I think age has something to do with it because mm. old people are by. All sorts of evolutionary reasons. They tend to be more cautious. Mm-hmm. And then you add the media climate. They're all the ones watching cable news 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And so you, you put Granny Geritol and 13 hours of panic CNN coverage together, and she's going to think that every shrub she sees, you know, is hiding a uh, terrorist from Al Qaeda to take out her Buick. 
Yeah, that you know that that wouldn't surprise me. You know, it brings up an interesting point too. We talk about police relations in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about these relationships between police and these minority communities, like this, this thing that happens in a vacuum. Right. But you also have all these other community members who, in some cases, are calling up the police and making them go check out, uh, you know, people who are just simply walking down the street and doing nothing wrong. So it shows that it's not, you know, race relations mm-hmm. are not just a police problem. It's really a societal issue. Right. And uh, I challenge uh, my listeners who tend to be knee-jerk pro-cop folks to do is ask a co-worker who happens to be black or a neighbor happens to be black, just ask them, have you ever had an encounter with the police that made you, you know, shrug, like wonder what the heck is really going on here? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to talk to many black Americans to start that, for those stories to start pouring out. And that's just where we are. Hey, I got to let you go, but very quickly, you gave five reasons for us to legitimately feel good about hating millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one uh, was their lack of information. Uh, and I agree with you, sadly and completely. What is your favorite reason for hating millennials? Oh, God. I mean, there's so many good ones to pick from, um, but I would have to go with the uh, the, the skepticism about free speech. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and we, we saw this recently in the, with the issue of the cartoons about the Prophet Muhammad and the, the the younger people, the 18 to 29-year-olds, were least likely to say it's okay for news outlets to publish these kind of cartoons. Because and that they was pretty striking to well, me. Well, because they were in public schools where you're taught, you know, first thing, don't ever say anything will upset somebody. No teasing, no bullying, no picking on <laughs> And they honestly think that they're – that's why they show up in college and they're looking for their trigger warnings. Sure, I'm allowed yeah. to be in a place where no one ever says anything that I don't like. Welcome to my broadening education. Yeah, I will say that at the end of that post, I appended a very unscientific poll. I asked people mm. to tell me one of two things. Are millennials the best generation or are they the worst generation? Right. Overwhelmingly, wonk blog readers, two-thirds of them chose the worst generation. Absolutely. So. Christopher Ingram, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks, thanks for so much. Thanks so much. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. Uh, or you can uh, email me, michael at michaelgram.com. Your reaction to... This police officer who appealed to the general public, please stop calling me every time you see a black guy. Would you please stop it? Would you wait for something resembling crime? If you are in law enforcement or have been in law enforcement and had one of these calls, I'd love to hear from you. If you are a person of color and you've had a police officer walk up to you and go, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I'm being called because of this. Does this sound legit to you or does this sound like maybe somebody trying to stir the pot Does this uh, match with your real-life experience? Uh, And what about the fact that a police officer did it? In other words, reminding you that you can be as paranoid as you want, but eventually some guy whose job it is to patrol the streets is stuck following up. up. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Eleven twenty at News Radio one hundred six seven. I am Michael Graham. Thank you so much for joining us and here on the show. I want to hear from you eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Great piece of the Washington Post highlighting a, uh, a request from police officers saying, "Please, white people, please stop calling just because you see a black guy. Please stop." And my question for you at 844-404-1067, first of all, is if you've ever been in a call like this, either as a cop, former cop, or as the person having the cops called on you, I'd love to know how the exchange went. In this case, you had guys, one was two guys changing a tire at 9.30 in the morning. The other one is just, uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't believe this, 
who say, oh, Graham, this is more cop bashing. No, the cops aren't doing anything wrong here. This is nothing to do with the cops. It's the people who are doing the calling that are the problem. Uh, how the cop chooses to handle it is something else. But this, is, this isn't on the cops. This is on you or this is on those people making the call. Not, Hello. It's that, that great Chris Rock bit about walking down the street as a black guy and you look up in the window and you see the white woman and she's got the phone out and she's already dialed 9-1 and she has her finger <laughs> over the one. But for those who don't believe that this happens, that uh, black Americans get stopped for WWB, walking while black, uh, remember the story a few months ago of the g- black guy who pulled his camera phone out when it happened? All right, doing what? You're walking by. Okay. Radio 12 out that subject uh, Walking by and doing what? Well, you're making people nervous. <laughs> by walking by? Yeah, they said you had your hands in your pockets. Well, wow. Walking by having your hands in your pockets <laughs> makes people nervous to call the police when it's snowing outside? They did. Okay. So are you okay? I'm fine. Or how about you? I'm good. All right. You can stop it right there. It goes on and on and on from there. But that's right. Walking down the street with your hands in your pocket on a cold winter day. Hello, officer. Please, please help me. 911-911. Nanette, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, I'm just, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm just thinking to myself, I... Have a good laugh, Mike. I'm I'm black. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, have a good laugh, Michael. This is my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine somebody, imagine a cop pulled up to that guy, and this is all very innocent and everything, mm-hmm. and the guy goes to reach for his waistband, right. and, oh, I felt threatened. Mm-hmm. Now we got a national incident. This is your life every day. I walk into certain stores, and I make sure to hold my hands behind my back and kiss so I don't look suspicious, and... That's just that's everyday life for us, you know. And what I try to explain to my fellow Tea Party conservatives is we wouldn't put up with that treatment for five minutes. Hello, and you. yeah, exactly. And so this is why. Welcome to my. And then I got to and then I got to sit and listen to uh, all those guys on Fox News tell me all day that there's no such thing as white privilege and all we need to do is pull up our pants and have mm-hmm. better families. I'm. Uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I share your uh, and, and and Nanette, for the record, I mean, there are a lot of issues here. There's no doubt about it. Black on black crime is a problem. Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. But there's no way that no, that uh, that a typical Tea Party guy would put up with this treatment for five minutes. And then you get frustrated because you don't understand why Nanette and her neighbors are angry <laughs> and why I don't understand what's all this protesting about. Well, perfect. Right from the story. Uh, interracial couple, a white guy and a black woman. Uh, they live in an apartment building together. The cops were never called on the guy a single time. The cops were called on his black wife nine times in a year. It's, I, it, it, if every time conservatives are getting together to have a, a Second Amendment rally, the cops were getting called and they were being rousted, you would have something to say about it and you would be right to have something to say about it. And once again, it's not the cops' fault that they're getting called what they do once they arrive is something else but it's the fact that there's somebody sitting there going look at that guy he's changing a tire i better call the cops don you're on the air with michael graham yes, hi i'm originally from south florida and me and my caucasian friend and his wife were fishing and a hispanic cop ironically pulled up and said hey uh neighbors called and said the two white people are okay to fish but the black guy needs to leave <laughs> no way they did not <laughs> yes 
<laughs> and and my, of course, my friend and his wife were stunned, and the mm-hmm. cop said, "You know what? I don't care. Go ahead and fish away." Um, so that's just my short story of what happened to me. Uh, it's and, and what did you did your friend say anything to you afterwards? Like, does it, did they ask what uh, he, happened? He felt or? bad. I mean, he felt right. real bad that it happened, and he couldn't believe because he didn't believe these type sure. things go on. But you know, to see it, you know, face to face and so real, it, it, it was stunning. It was stunning to me. It's stunning to me to watch that video, and we've just played the audio of it, of the guy who whips out his camera phone. I mean, just walk. Yes, you're making people nervous. Well, that's not my fault, would be my answer. I'm a citizen on the sidewalk walking down the street. Who in their right mind would defend what, who, whatever idiot called the police? This guy's walking. He's walking out there. You know, I think he's walked by two times now. You better get out of here. <laughs> what? But uh, that's that's that, that's the way some people see the world. I maintain that this is a problem outside of the South, because if you're if you're if you grew up in the South, you know what it's like black or white. We're always hanging out with each other somewhere. We see each other at work. We see each other in the grocery store. I wish we saw more each other in church. Um, but you know we're we're bumping into each other. You go to like uh, the, the upper Midwest. You know, there are no black people in the upper Midwest. You go to New England, I, I, I wow. Look, I, I've, I've actually been with somebody who said, look, there's a black guy. Yeah, well, for them, I mean, it was an unusual, it was kind of like, look, there's a deer. You know, it's just something you don't know, you know, you know they're there, it's no big deal, but you don't see them that often. And it's those quarters, I think, that you're finding people going, oh, officer, I want to report that there seems to be an African person in my neighborhood. Yeah, what do you? Eight four 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 one zero six seven. I am Michael Graham. This podcast of the Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.